after a year after I'd moved to New York and I came back and I was visiting and I just took my parents into the kitchen and I'm like, mom, dad, I'm gay. And my mom was like building up <laughs> like anxiety because she was like so nervous. And their, her first response was, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you had cancer. And then my dad said, well, does that change anything about who you are? And I said, no. And then he said, well, then why should we care? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of They Can't All Be Betty, the podcast where we flip the lens on the coming out story, invite our family into the conversation, and open the closet one story at a time. Today's podcast is a really special one for me. I'm chatting with my friend Paul and his mom Stella, and they are longtime family friends of mine, and I've known them most of my life. Now, in the intro episode of this podcast, where I set up the podcast overall, I mentioned that I was going to chat with people who are success stories to me. Well, Paul and his mom are certainly one of those stories. For Paul and his parents, unconditional love was never a question. Paul is one of three kids whose family truly walks the walk, and now as an adult, married and at the beginning stages of starting his own family, we see that no matter what age we are, we're still our parents' children, and they will always want to protect us. And if we're really lucky, they're also our biggest cheerleaders. When Paul got married, he and his mom did a mother-son dance at the reception, that I wish you could have seen it because you would have seen the mutual love and joy, respect, and admiration. And there's no doubt that you're going to hear it in this podcast too. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you to follow the podcast on Instagram so we can continue the conversation. It's at they can't all be Betty, all one word. Or if you want to reach out via email, you can send me an email at they can't all be Betty at gmail.com. Keep in mind that thanks to 2020, I'm totally recording this podcast via Zoom, so there will be some quirky sounding moments, y'all. And there are a couple of moments where we kind of bypass people's names altogether, just, you know, for privacy. So if you suddenly have this moment where you're like, wait, I didn't hear a name, you didn't. And as far as other quirky computer sounds, I mean, y'all, it's Zoom, you know? It's just the name of the quarantine game right now. So forgive those moments, but I hope you'll enjoy the episode. Before I get into anything else, I had a quick question for Stella, <laughs> which gay. is before you knew that Paul was gay, you said you had other people in your life who were gay, right? Mm -hmm. So were you already comfortable with that word? Was it already a comfortable space for you? If you're asking me like if it bothered me, no, right. okay. it didn't bother me at all. And my friends, you know, I cared for them a lot. And so no didn't. I was okay. Okay. So then by the time Paul comes out, it was something that didn't bother you. Right. I think that I know people who saw gay people being mistreated or treated yes. horribly. Mm -hmm. So I think that for them, when they, when their child comes out as gay, that's their big worry and their big concern. That was mine. They, and that was like I explained the other time, my biggest worry was somebody mistreating him. And that I wasn't going to be there near him. And what can, what could I do about it besides getting mad? You know, it's like, I didn't know. But then, you know, after a while, you just go, he has a circle of supportive friends that would be there for him to take care of him if they needed to. But my initial reaction was, I'm not there to protect him. So Paul, yeah. did you know that your mom was pretty much, I mean, she's really as much of an ally as... Most parents, you know, most parents are not like that much of an ally on the onset. Your mom really seems right. to be. <laughs> Did you know that yeah. she was or was there like hesitancy on your part to be like, I'm afraid to tell her that I'm gay? 
No, I mean, my mom was the one person that I knew that she wouldn't have like a bad reaction. And I think it's just because growing up, I did see that she had gay friends, like, you know, since I was in elementary school. So I kind of didn't totally understand what it was, but I kind of mostly did. And so, but I had that concept early on and I saw that she had good friends that were gay and for the dance, you know, company that we were part of as kids, you know, Mm -hmm. our instructor was gay and so like there was always an element of gay around us and especially because my mom was friends with a lot of gay people. So yeah, it was time for me to finally come out. I was like, well, I know she's going to be probably fine. She worries a lot. I have the same trait. So I knew she probably would worry about me generally because of it. But mm-hmm. I knew that she wouldn't be like, you're no longer my son. I knew that wasn't going to be a reaction. It wasn't going to be an extreme or harsh reaction. I knew that for sure. That's awesome. I mean, I never thought that that was going to be my mom's reaction either. You know, I didn't think she was going to disown me or anything, but I didn't know how difficult of a conversation it was going to be. But for you guys, was it, it wasn't a difficult conversation, I take it? It was super easy. I remember it was like after a year after I'd moved to New York and I came back and I was visiting and I just took my parents into the kitchen and I'm like, mom, dad, I'm gay. And my mom was like building up the, like anxiety because she was like so nervous. And her, her first response was, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me you had cancer. Like that's that wow. was literally the first thing that she, that, that she said. And then I remember mom said, well, we kind of suspected. And then dad said, the whole family suspected, which I was like, thanks, dad. <laughs> um, and, then, and then my dad said, well, does that change anything about who you are? And I said, no. And then he said, well, then why should we care? And I felt like it was like such a PBS special because I felt like that was the possible reaction you can get from parents. And like I said, my mom was like pretty much a known factor. Like I knew that she wouldn't have a negative reaction, but my dad, I didn't know how he would react. I didn't know if it would be positive or negative or I had no idea, but it was just so just like go with the flow. And then like, it was almost like that was the end of the conversation. And then I remember like my dad and I ran an errand after that. And he was just asking me questions like, do your you know coworkers know? Like, have you told your friends? And he was just curious, you know, like asking just normal questions. And so that was really. Like, That's <laughs> super that, ideal. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like, yeah, the perfect way to like come out and then have that supportive response from your parents. Yeah. But it was like a non-issue. So that was really nice. That is so Stella, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting used to saying your first name all my life. I've said your last name. Most parents end up going to like an organization like PFLAG or something like that to find support around them. Was that something you ever look for? No, no, Mm-mm. just curious. No. no, that sometimes I would just listen more carefully to the news mm-hmm. to see what was going on. Right. Very important. You know, yeah. Right. And because of things, you know, how crazy people are. Sure. And, you know, and no, I didn't have to do the support because I knew that if I had any questions, I could ask it and we could talk about it. So I felt like instead of trying to get perceptions from somebody else, I just talked to him and whatever clarification or question I had, he would help me and answered it. I think you're right. Like just having that open communication of that trust of, I can ask you if I need to on either side, like Paul, you know, you knew you had your parents support and you could ask them whatever and vice versa. I think that changes the game. Talking to different people on the podcast, I'm starting to realize that that open communication at the onset really makes a huge difference. I I always felt like we could talk. We could talk. 
Yeah, and I think that's just indicative of kind of our relationship generally. So I think like that aspect didn't change. Like once I came out to my mom, it was mm -hmm. almost like business as usual because I've always been able to be really open with my mom. And I think vice versa too. We've just always had that relationship. So I think that's also what made that transition to being out with, with my mom easier mm -hmm. because we had set the precedent before. Like we'd always just had this very direct and open line of communication, whether we both liked it all the time or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too that even, you know, when Paul left, Sunny and I, we talked about it, you know, and uh, it was just like, okay, so what do we do as a family? And the operative word, family. We support each other. We love each other. We talk to each other and we'll go from there. And so we just, you know, just kept on. And, and then we talked about, well, do we Tell the family or how do we handle it and so that's where the discussion with Paul would come in because we'd go okay you know like do you feel comfortable if we tell grandpa and grandma and I think grandpa and grandma were your biggest concern weren't wasn't it Mijo? They were my concern with what? Of telling them. Um no well I remember I asked Cassandra like what she thought and she was just like I just don't know if they'll understand what that means and so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of took the easy way out where I was like, I told mom and dad and my immediate family. So that's, I am done. I'll let everybody <laughs> figure it out after that. You know? I did now, basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. I, I, well, we told them, and my mother in law, I had the best mother in law in the whole wide world. And she said, okay, he can love whoever he wants to love. Wow. And I went, all right, that was easy, you know. <laughs> and my father-in-law, and and uh, I remember this because my father-in-law wasn't sure. And in Spanish, she says, "You know, you know what that is. That's like." And she mentioned somebody's name in the family, and then my father-in-law says, "Oh, okay, okay." So then that was it. You know, this is a great time to pause and take a question that I got via email because I think it's really pertinent to the conversation we're having right now. So let me play it for you. This is Mary Troba. At what point did you start to talk openly with your friends or relatives about your daughter or son being gay? Tell us a little bit about what some of those first conversations looked like. So you, you kind of already mentioned a little bit what it was like with your mother-in-law and it was very open mm -hmm. and accepting. Was it like that with everyone? Yeah, like, Mom, I'm, I'm curious about like your friends. Like when did you start telling them like, oh, Paul came out to me? Like how did those conversations go? Oh. Well, like I have two great friends and one has known Paul since birth, which was Rosa. Rosa was very accepting and I said, how is, you know, how do you feel about it? And I go, it's okay. And that's it. Were you, you know, nervous she, though? Were you nervous to tell her? No, because I've known her for over 40 years. So mm -hmm. it was nothing that I should, I was nervous about. In fact, I don't think I've ever been nervous telling anybody because it, it's like if they ask me, um, your kids, how about your kids? And I'll go, well, my son, his wife and his family live in Houston, blah, blah, blah. And my son and his husband live in Las Vegas. And that's it. Because you're not going to be telling people, oh, your daughter and husband live in, are they straight? No. They're children. I mean, of course, he's not a child anymore, but he's my—he's still my child. So that's how I let them know. And then if they have questions, then I'll answer it. And I remember Matthew, I'll just say his first name, because we were planning the wedding and my other real good friend, Sherry, was there and we were talking about it and we were just having a good conversation. And he happened to walk in and he goes, your son is gay? And I go, 
and you're straight? <laughs> and he just looked at me and I said, my son is getting married. And, you know, it's like uh, he's getting married and I'm inheriting a wonderful son-in-law. That's a big space though. I mean, not every mom is like that. I think it's, I mean, I have to stop just to, I'm kind of emotional about it because no, it's, it's a got, big thing. It was either blow up and smack him and just let him have it for being so stupid or just like Michelle Obama says, rise up, you know, <laughs> and handle it, you know, and he, he just never asked me about it again, other than how are the wedding plans going? And I'd say, oh, they're going great. It's going to be a beautiful wedding and, you know, things like that. But it was just, so I let them open the door and then if they have questions, I'll ask, I mean, I'll answer. There was one time, I don't think I've told Paul, when we went to go visit them, we went to the Space Center by the Rose Bowl, and we were walking to enter to the Space Center, and Paul and Stuart were holding hands, and I was behind them, and these two ladies literally stopped and watched them, and they were, you know, and so I stopped, and I looked at them, and I said, do you have a problem? And then they walked off and then I had to catch up with everybody, but it was so ridiculous. Wow. Out of curiosity, Paul, you and I chatted previously about mm. the first time you held your husband, your now husband's hand yeah. in front of your parents. Was that that same time? That was that same trip. I don't remember like what day was the first time, but that was definitely the same trip because I remember that that's when my parents came out and that was the first time they had met Stuart. That's actually the first time they had met anybody I'd ever dated before. And so it was just a natural nervousness in general. Natural, like natural, but also like, um, you know, I'd only planned for them to hang out together, like for one meal, but then everyone just got along so well that he ended up spending (laughs) the whole weekend with me and my parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it was like, that initial time that we held hands, I was like, I mean, but also I was like, is that just because like any kid is like awkward about holding their partner's hand in front of their parents? Like that's, that's a thing. I think it's, it's like that combination of in front of my parents also in public with like everybody else watching me too. Yeah. So it was kind of like a different factors like playing in. I just remember like thinking initially like, Oh, it's going to be awkward. And then we did it and it was like nothing. And so then we're like holding hands the rest of the trip. So it was, yeah. it was easy. I think you're right though. I think it's like, I think every kid has that hesitancy, you know, showing any PDA in front of their parents. And then if you tack on, you know, just being gay and being in public, like those are just added layers because like you said, Stella, you know, there might be these people who mock that moment. And mm-hmm. that's something that for us, it's always there. It's it's always there if we're in public of who's going to see us, who's going to mock us, who might hurt us. Are we in a safe space? So, well, I know that afterwards, when Sunny and I were together, I told him, I said, you didn't see those two ladies? And, and, he, and he goes, what if they would have challenged you? And I said, I don't know what would have happened, but, you know, it's like, I would have had to deal with it. And I, I think I would have. It would have been a throwdown. She would have taken off her earrings. <laughs> She'd be like going at it. I'd be right behind her. It would be a brawl. We would win. We would win. I know for sure. You would totally <laughs> but, win. No, because he said, what if they would have challenged you? And I said, well, I hadn't thought of that. It was just like on a, a spur of a moment reaction because it, it made me angry. But I hadn't thought of that. And, you know, Sunny goes... He goes, you just need to watch what you say. <laughs> well, you're a protective mom. And then, you know, that's just how we all are. Just protecting the people you love. Yeah. 
you know, feeling protective of them. But yeah, I'm glad nothing happened. I know, but I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. So when Paul holds hands with his now husband, like at that time, they're just dating. What is your reaction? Do you have any reaction at all? Are you happy? Are you, does it take some adjustment? What was your mindset? Do you remember? I don't think we had to adjust because usually if you really like somebody, you usually hold their hands, you know? And so I, I didn't see it as odd. I didn't even see it, you know, like I thought it was beautiful when we went out to his engagement dinner and that Stuart got on his on his knees and proposed to him. Oh my gosh, I started crying. But I didn't see it as odd. Do you feel like that with, with all your kids? Like, is it the same for all of them, no matter who their partner is, no matter the gender? Does the gender matter? No, I don't think gender matters. I think the person matters, who they are and their persona. I could see that Stuart was a good person. I could see how, you know, what Paul had shared, what little Paul had shared about is that he sounded like the type of person that, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I would like to think that Sunny and I would be open enough to to be accepting, but depending on the person, because if it's a jerk, I'm going to say he's a jerk or whatever. And, and unfortunately, one of my biggest downfalls is if I don't like you, you'll know because I just can't hide it. But mom is equal opportunity about that. So it doesn't really matter what yeah. you race, creed, sexuality, gender identity. <laughs> nice. She so, everyone the same in that respect. So let me ask both of you this because you know me and you know my family. I'm trying to get to this place of being comfortable, comfortable enough to hold Bridget's hand in front of my parents, comfortable enough to talk about getting engaged or being married one day. Is it as simple as just having a conversation or what is, but what do both of you think? How would we make it easier to get to the point that you guys are at? I mean, they're, they're accepting and they love Bridget and. Um, well, let's say you already have the basis. You yeah. just need to knock the rest of it down. And I think it's like with anything, whenever you have like, I'm not going to say like bad news, but like hard news or something that you don't really mm-hmm. want to say, you know, I feel like after you say it though, or after you do it, whether it be like having this harder conversation with your mom or holding Bridget's hand in front of your parents, like after you do it, it just is like, oh, why, why was I so afraid of that before it actually happened? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always a sense of relief after I've done something that I built so much anxiety to like holding back or not doing, you know? And I think it's the same thing with when I came out to my parents, like, I actually felt like I knew I was gay since I was like five years old. And so that was something that I carried with me for, I don't know, 17 more years until I finally told my parents. And then once I did, I was like, why was that even like a big thing? Like, why didn't I just say that? Like, at least at the beginning of college, I would have had a lot more fun in college. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure why the conversation is more difficult for me. And maybe it's just me. And that's kind of like, I don't think I'm the only one in the world who has difficulty talking about this conversation with parents. Mm-hmm. And I certainly never had it with my grandparents. But I don't want to hide who I am. And I don't want to hide. And I, I don't really hide who I am. But sometimes I, I say play small. And what I mean by that is, for instance, today, I on the weekends, I'll be at my girlfriend's house. And it's a duplex situation. So she has these neighbors who I don't know who these neighbors are. But they see me in my car and my dog periodically. And I figure that at some point, they figure out that we're a couple or whatever. But I'm, I always think like, if they ever 
chatted with us, which there's never really a time where our schedules meet. But if they ever did, would I just be open and honest about it? Because I'm like, I don't know these people. Kind of the same way you didn't know the people who were mocking Paul, you know? I'm like, I don't know these people. So I, and I don't have to live here. You know, I can come on the weekend. So I want to make sure that Bridget's safe and she's not living next door to people who are offended by who she is and then, you know, maybe try to hurt her. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to be open and honest with who we are. And then it's another thing to navigate it in a safe way. I don't know. Well, it's almost like, you know, like anything else, you can always have a neighbor, whether you're, you're gay or not, that can be a horrible neighbor or a good neighbor. True. But you won't know unless you talk to them. But, you know, you, you, you can feel whether or not you can just talk to them and all, but I don't think sometimes that you have to worry about when you meet people to go, do I share it or not? That will come along as the relationship develops, the friendship develops. You know, if it's a one one time thing, you know, like, okay, hello, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think it's just a matter of being able to develop a relationship to see how far you want to talk to them or tell them. Yeah. 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 But I think kind of going back to what we were talking about a second ago is I think, you know, where it all comes back to it though, is this how you're going to kind of get to a space where you're more comfortable just being you and talking about the things that are happening on your, happening in your daily life, the way that you would like Lori or Mm -hmm. me or anything like that. So I think, I think maybe if you kind of get more comfortable in that space, that also might bleed over into how you interact with other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing here, but I'm, I'm thinking like that might like take away some of this, unease with how you approach other people is if you kind of resolve that. I don't know. I'm guessing. Right. Well, also like we had talked about how, like if you're at the grocery store that that happens to me, I'm sure it happens to you where somebody says something very small and I'm sure it happens to you too. Stella. like somebody just asks, what are you and your husband doing this weekend? They're just small talking as they're bagging your groceries. You know, it's not like they really truly want to know. And for me, I always have that, that moment's like a little bit of a stop of like, do I want to stop and correct them to let them know that, you know, not everyone in the world is straight. So that way, as they move forward in life, they can ask that question better. Or do I really care? You know, just like, I just want to go just get my groceries and go home. Just bag them. Exactly. There's so many contexts like the grocery store or with a neighbor who I don't even know, and I don't even live there anyway. So I, I think that's a thing. Like, it's always a question for me. How invested are you in this relationship? Typically, I'm not invested in these relationships at all. So I don't want to have the conversation at all. Right. Yeah. You just you know? say, I have a very busy weekend. Right. Right. Yeah. And But I, I think I agree with you on that, Angela. Like, I feel like that's always something. I don't know if it's like our age group, like, because I feel like younger gay people have it a little bit easier than, than maybe mm-hmm. we did or, or people that are older than us. But I think I, I have that, that pause, like, in general conversations with coworkers, new people that you meet through work, like, oh, like, are you married? If I say yes, like, I'm like, how much more information do I have to give? It's right. like those, those little like mini coming outs that you have to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, yeah, if we were straight, then it wouldn't be a big issue. But there is that pause. I think for me, it's like, especially now, I've only been in my job for about two years. So it's always like, I'm still figuring out everyone. If those questions came up, like when I lived in San Francisco or New York or LA, I would feel like, more than likely the other person is going to be okay with my answer. Right. But, you know, in different spaces, I don't know 
what the reaction is going to be. And I just don't also know if I want to get into it with that person, right? Because like, mm-hmm. what is the value of that person? I might spend 20 minutes of my life with that person and then be done with them. And so do I want to even take the risk of having to be like, get an awkward conversation going? And But at the same time, maybe I should be, like like you said, like maybe we should be trying to like get these people to think outside of the box and think that not everyone's straight and don't make these assumptions, you know? So it's a constant like weighing of comfort level versus uh, I don't know what I'm weighing, but yeah. it's something that I deal with all the time too, on a daily, even now. Yeah. So. If only somebody had told me that I would not come out only once, you know, that we come out more than <laughs> once. Like there's yeah. the big coming out, the one that matters to our family. And then like you said, there's all these like mini moments all the time that, yeah, you know, straight people don't go through that. They don't have to constantly reiterate that they're straight. Hey, I'm straight. But we always have to, you know, have this moment, this, this mini coming out really. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody told you know, me. I never um, <laughs> really thought about that, how how that might make y'all feel. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's something that I think I'm always, maybe not struggling with, but always trying to come to terms with, you know, and tiptoeing around it. Sometimes not even for, sometimes it's not even for myself. Sometimes it's for other people. For instance, yeah. like if I'm around my mom's friends or they don't even have to be close friends. They could, you know, be acquaintances in order to make the other person comfortable in the space and in the conversation I'll kind of tweak what I say or what I say about my life I guess I should say just because I know that person like you like you just said I didn't realize that's how it was yeah and it, and it kind of is that like, like that ongoing you know in different circumstances it's not like every day but it does happen quite often so I do find myself trying to make other people comfortable Right. Probably more than I should. I don't know. Yeah. So to say, I think I do the same thing too, but then, you know, on the flip side, like when is our chance to be comfortable too? You know, like we have right. to find that right balance where we're not trying to overprotect other people, but we're also not uncomfortable with ourselves. So I don't, yeah. I mean, it's still like a thing that I'm still trying to figure out on a daily basis. So, I mean, and sometimes I like have different approaches. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to say the least amount. Sometimes I'm like, my husband, Stuart and I are going to, you know, the grocery store this weekend, you know, things like, you know, right. so it just depends. I just, Right. And I think that's the thing of like, how do you truly find freedom? For me, freedom is just not trying to hold back my words or hold back what I'm, you know, who I am, like in those spaces and in those conversations. And for me, just being able to be truly unapologetic and free. uh, It's, it's still, I don't know, I still, I, I feel like freedom is on that other side of being unapologetic, but I just haven't gotten there yet. I don't think there's going to be like a, a switch that you flip and then all of a sudden you're going to feel completely unapologetic. I think like, you know, even with me having my mom that's been super supportive this entire time, there's still issues that I deal with that, you know, are unrelated to my relationship with my mom. It's just being a gay person in this country, in the society, you know, things are even more extreme right now. So I think that, mm-hmm. I, I think it's more, it's like you said, it's like a journey that we're all going through. And I think you just kind of slowly get more comfortable and more comfortable. And I think that you know, like my mom said, having that conversation with your mom's going to be like a little bit more comfortable and that maybe that'll get her a little bit more comfortable and you just kind of keep on, you know, moving forward in that direction mm-hmm. to get to where you want to be eventually. Hopefully by the time we're 80, Angela, we finally I think so. it out. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's kind of a byproduct of kind of where we are. I think there's some places that are easier to be that at that comfort level and 
you know, I haven't lived in Austin since 2002, so mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what the space is like there, but I'm assuming it's probably not that different from Las Vegas, but I think there's like bubbles where you feel better than others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- yeah. Cause, <laughs> Cause like when you and I both lived in New York, I think that's probably for me, it was definitely the most freeing time I, I can imagine. Cause I, I never once worried about anybody around me. Never once worried about it where I kind of would hear, I'd be a little more hesitant. I mean, I do see it, but it's, it's a different space for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I don't even think that Stuart and I have really held hands in Las Vegas since we've moved here yet. Not that we're going out all the time, but definitely like if we were ever on the ship would not feel comfortable (laughs) at all. You know, it's just like, you have to kind of balance like where you are, but, but I agree. I think New York was like one of the most liberating places and that's, you know, where I moved to, to come out and just kind of press reset and, you know, feel more comfortable with myself. Yeah, it is a much different space. I think in New York, it is a place where you can find yourself in a way that it's it's different than Austin. But hopefully, that'll change in the future. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, I think uh, the momentum's getting there, so hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, right. Fingers I feel crossed. like you know everyone's taking one step forward, two steps back. But hopefully, yeah. <laughs> in the end, we kind of get further along. So I hope so. I hope so. Well, I could probably chat with you guys another hour, really. <laughs> but thank you guys for joining me in this talk today. It meant a lot to me. It really did. Well, sure, Angela. Anything for you. So thank you. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.